Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist. Excited to be here today. We are continuing with our milestone series. Did you guys enjoy that 12 to 18 month series? I'm telling you, recording that was a blast for me. And just the response that you guys have been giving, um, especially on Facebook and giving your feedback, man, thumbs up, y'all. Keep the conversation going. I have a few announcements. Don't worry, don't worry. They're not that bad. It's not going to be that long and I'm not going to go on any kind of rants or anything like that. Announcement number one is, remember, we have now moved from bi-weekly to weekly. And announcement two is, don't forget, you guys can send me your questions and continue to follow up with me. And if you're like, well, you keep telling me that, but where? Well, simple questions at I've got this kid.com. You can go ahead and send me an email and I will reach out to you and I will personally reach out to you and answer your questions. There's nobody else who's doing it. It's me because I like to see things with my own two eyes and answer questions for you guys. So world changers, let's get this party started. All right. So let's go with the breakdown. Just in case you didn't tune in last week, make sure to tune in on what to expect milestone wise for 12 to 18 months. We're gonna go through that same model today, except for it's going to be with 18 and 24 months. And so there are three, and I mean three different areas that we look at from a speech and language standpoint to make sure your sugar's on the right track. And just like at the doctor's office, how they have their checklist, guess what? So do we. And so we wanna make sure that your sugar is doing what they're supposed to be doing, getting to the places they need to go in the way that they're supposed to get to. And here I am ready to deliver that to you. And so those three things, once again, are receptive language or understanding the language. That's when you talk and I listen. Does my brain understand it? Expressive language, that's our vocabulary, the words and the phrases and the sentences that comes out of our mouth to communicate to our um, communication partner or the listener, whoever it is we're sending our message to. And finally, we put those two together and we transition into that social language piece. That's the pragmatic piece, how we get along with the world around us and how we communicate with the world around us and how we tell the world around us what we think and feel and do and want and don't want and all of that jazz, right? And so we're gonna go through each of those different areas of development as we look at the 18 to 24 month age range. And let me tell y'all, this is where it starts getting real. You guys are gonna be tired. You should be tired right about now. Now, when your sugar was little cute and fit and they were wah, wah, wah and all that stuff, that was a different kind of tired because you were lacking sleep. You want to go night-night all the time, right? You want to be night-night with them, but you couldn't because you had to clean the house and somebody had to do laundry and somebody had to cook and that was mainly you. But this is gonna be a different kind of tired. Now you've probably gotten to the groove of things. You got some routine going on. Kids got nap time and all that stuff. And it's still a good time to get laundry cooking, cleaning and all that other stuff done. Nevertheless, it's a different kind of routine because little sugar should be sleeping for at least six hours or more during the night. So you're probably getting good rest now too. I hope for you that you're getting good rest. So we're gonna go right into it. Understanding language, receptive language. Those two are synonymous, means the same thing. Do I understand, right? And what I expect for your sugar to be doing during this time is following two-step related commands. Pick up your coat and bring it to me. Pick up your coat and put it on. 
pick up the toy and stack it on top of the other. Pick up your shoes and put them on. You notice how everything kind of goes together? So this is different than the 12 to 18 months where we just kind of expected them to follow through with one thing. This time we want them to follow through with two. We expect them to do it. We expect them to do it without us really helping them. If you see that they need some support, give them some support. It's okay to show them exactly what you want because remember, these little sugars are still babies. They're either using their words or they're using their bodies. And so if they're not listening to your words, help them out with your body. And that doesn't mean like take them and like jerk them over, but like, come on, baby, let's go do what mommy asked you or daddy asked you to do, right? The second thing we expect you to do or your sugar to do, and I'm going to go interchangeably with you because receptively, it's, a lot of times it's mom and dad or somebody around asking little sugar to do these things. So in a sense, yeah, you. So we expect you to be asking your sugar um, novel commands and you know, novel who? Like a book? Nah, not a novel. Put that novel aside. It's two unrelated commands, two things, right? So if I told you to get the shoe, that same shoe, and put it on a cup or drive the car on the wall. So it's two unrelated commands and it's two silly things. And you see this a lot happening during play, but we're going to do play. That's our Friday, our Friday bonus. So I'm not giving no bonuses right now, but that's what you should be seeing with the novel play. You're asking them to do two things that aren't related and you should see them following through with that because by now they're understanding at least 300 words. So they know what a shoe and a cup is. They should be knowing what a shoe and a cup is. They've been seeing it for the last 18, 24 months. So it should make sense in their world for you to tell them, put that shoe on top of the cup, put the, put the cup on your head, right? Little silly stuff like that. Another thing we expect our sugars to do, every time I ask a parent this, for one, they're like, I never asked my kid to do this. Yeah, I know, but you are because you're getting tooled up, right? So if I had a bunch of objects, let's say on the living room table, that seems to be where it's like the collection pile or the kitchen table or the place that it doesn't belong, but it ends up being the place where stuff just kind of piles up. So if you said to them, hey, give me my keys. And there was like a cup and a plate and uh, some dishes and some other things around, you should expect to see your sugar. Pick it up, give it to you, put it in your hands. Hey, um, pass me the, the cookie over there. You should expect your sugar to pick it up and give it to you. Now they might do like one of those, especially if it's a cookie, one of those psych kind of things and take it back and eat it themselves. But you want to see them show you that they can do what you've asked them to do. You also want to see them show you six body parts. This is separate from like the head, shoulder, knees and toes song. That's a great place to start. But what happens with songs like that is sometimes kids just think of it as a song and they're not really processing what that means unless you're taking out the time to be specific and head, shoulders, where's your head, where's your shoulders, where's your knees, where's your toes, that kind of thing. But we expect our sugars to know their body parts. Show me your eyes, show me your ears, show me your hair, show me your belly, show me your toes. So we expect them to show us those major body parts. And it's usually in the form of like the facial features, the legs and the feet. Because again, those are the things that we talk about the most and things they use the most, right? Put shoes on. Give me your hands. I put on your coat. Let me brush your hair. It's time to brush your teeth. So it's the stuff that they hear over and over again. Let me wash your face. And so you, you expect them to, again, know what you've been saying to them all this time. Remember? They've been observing all this time and now they're putting it into practice. We also expect our sugars 
to shake their heads. Yes. And no. I know. World changers. If 75% of the time your sugar is saying. Now let's start there. That's normal because they're still learning how to assert themselves. So it's, it's fine, but they should still be able to answer some yeses. Sweetheart, are you thirsty? Do you want something to eat? That's usually when you're going to get a solid yes. Everything else is probably going to be a no. And, that, and that's okay. Like they're still, again, asserting themselves. They're learning themselves. The other thing that we expect them to do is identify pictures. And this could be in a picture book. This could be a picture on the wall. This could be anything where there's a picture involved. And let's say that there's some kind of art on the wall and there's a sun in the art. And you're like, oh, look. Show me the sun and they point up there as best as they can, but it still looks kind of crazy and they're doing that. Show me the show me the the flower. And again, they're like pointing up there and they're all excited and showing you what it is. We expect them to do that. We absolutely expect them to do that. And we also expect them to understand 300 words. Why is this all such a big deal? The trend with this 18 to 24 month age is that with you asking more complex things, guess what they have to do? Pay attention. They have to pay a lot more attention to you and what's going on in their environment to pick up on the things that you're asking them to do. They also have to focus because the brain is a, is a tricky little device, right? It takes in information and it stores it. It's actually on the side. It stores that information on the left side of the brain. That's where the language comes in. And it stores it and it processes it and then it carries it out. And so it's, it's a lot going on there because not only is your sugar learning the words and learning how to use the words, but then they're learning how to use it and follow through in context. So again, the attention and the focus is building up during this time. And that's why it's such a huge deal for them to be able to identify, which means show you, and follow through with whatever it is that you ask them to do. If you notice your sugar is not doing it, again, I want you to be on top of things, world changer. I want you to go ahead and grab them and show them how to carry out what it is that you want them to do, what it is and how it is that you want them to do it so they can get into that routine of when mommy or daddy or grandma or older sister or whoever or teacher asked me to do something, not only can I do it, I could do it on the first time. It doesn't even take two or three times. I'm stress-free. I keep life easy, right? And so that's what we want to see from our little sugars. So that's everything for the understanding of language. Now for the using language, this is where ears get tired. Mommy and daddy ears get tired. Oh, why? Because they're starting to use more single words. But the good thing is there should be a little less crying because they're replacing the crying with the words. And so as the words start building up, they're starting to tell you stuff that they see around their environment. And the world changes. I want you to be wise about this. Not only do I want you to pay attention to if your sugar is using words for things that they want, but are they also identifying people around in their community? Not just when they want something, but just because they want to show you stuff because they're starting to get to that point, especially around 24 months. And we'll talk about that next week where they want you to be into everything they're doing. That's a little sneaker peeker. But for now, they're starting to build up that language. And so they're going to be really interested in you listening 
to what it is that they're saying. So that's why your ears get tired. It's okay. Yay, they're talking to you. But I want you again to make sure that they're not only coming to you when they want something or when they need something, but for everything. And I also expect them around 18 months to have around 20 words. And again, that's on the higher end. But I expect by 24 months for them to have 50 words. So they're building up their language. Again, in a short amount of time, six months, they're getting at least 30 new words. In some cases, there's more. And if there is, bravo. Well, well done, mom and dad. Yay, yay. But, you know, if there's not, help them along. Put words in context. If they're going, eh, 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 tell them. I have no clue what that means. But you can give them the word for that. Oh, you want your cup? Here's your cup. Can you try? Try to use your words. I want to hear your sounds and start giving them that motivation and that encouragement. But every time again, world changer, if you reinforce eh, 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 and we don't count that as a word eh, 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 is not a word and neither is whining and crying. So that ain't a word. So if they're using that, that's not a word. It doesn't count towards the 20 or the 50, but try to give them the actual word that they're getting at or model the word. I want this, want that cookie cup, something that they can use. And if you feel like, hey, they're still not picking it up, use sign language as a bridge. It works. It works well, because not only are you giving them the verbal model, but you're also giving them something tangible that they can do. And the brain is making the connection for them in a different way, because as humans, we like to make connections with using our hands and it connects to our brains and it just makes sense to us. And so if you give them that, if you feel like they're sluggish with language, by all means, does that mean that they're going to use only sign language? Not at all, because you're still giving them the word, right? So if they're doing this and you're saying more, you want more of something, you're not just doing this, right? So I want you to be really careful and intentional and watching that. And I keep saying that for a reason, all right? And I want you to also make sure that they're using new words regularly. Why do we want them to use new words regularly? Again, we want to see them now replacing the crying and the whining and mainly the crying to get their wants and needs met to using those single words with you. Hacker, cookie, baba, toy, cat, dog. We want to see that building up because again, most of the words they're using are within their environment. This is the time to really clean up your language if you don't want them using the language. I'm just saying happens. What you're also going to see for our 18 to 21 month olds, two word phrases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Want cracker, want cookie, bye daddy, hi mommy, goes night night, uh, where baba, where kitty, where this, where that. You might start hearing some questions in there. Mainly again, things that are in their environment. A little bit older around the 21 to 24 month age range, you might hear three words. Sometimes you might hear 18 months old using three words. It's, it's not uncommon, but that's like baseline what we want to see from our sugars, right? 18 to 21 months, maybe one to two words. From then on, we want to see around two words occasionally, two words to three words. It just depends, right? And so again, those are occasions that we hear that. As your sugar gets closer to 50 words or the 50 word mark, then you'll notice that they'll start using more two word phrases. If you notice that your sugar is like the vocabulary is a little bit low, but they're using some phrases, one or two words, 
then I want you to help them build that vocabulary up. Really important. And I mean, become the label master, label everything. And I mean, everything and have them try for you. And if you notice they're not trying or they're resisting you and you're like, I'm out of tools, Shereen, I need more tools, email me and I'll help you out and give you some, some additional tools or point you in the right direction. Again, that's questions that I've got this kid.com and, and I'll get you on your way to where you need to go. Another thing you're going to start seeing, and I've been saying it a little bit in my phrases is the eyes. I want, I need, mine, you might hear a lot of mine. Those are the two pronouns that we really hear at that age. Um, because again, they're asserting themselves. Everything belongs to me. Everything is mine. It's the possessive. It's not yours. It's mine. Not his. It's mine. It's me. It's mine. The world revolves around me. And it should at that age. They're cute. You should also hear them imitating two and three word phrases. Um, usually they overhear them in conversation and you might be like, whoa, where'd that come from? Again, that's why we clean up our language around this time. Clean it up. Okay. You might hear them uh, imitating environmental noises. If a police car goes by, we knew, we knew, or a helicopter, or a ship, whatever it is they hear. If they hear a dog, they might go woof, woof, woof. If they hear a cat, they might go weep, meow. That's all normal. That's totally normal. We want to hear that at that age. I want you to encourage that at this age. And they're also going to tell you what they need. At least two different things. I'm hungry. I'm sleepy. Usually not I'm sleepy. They usually still cry about that. But usually I'm hungry um, or want out. A lot of kids want out. They want to go play. They want to explore. At this age, they still want to explore. The world is an amazing thing and they love being outside. They love seeing the world around them. So usually um, I'm hungry and let me out, please. <laughs> Something along those lines. And as they get a little bit older, um, you're going to start seeing around 24 to uh, 21 to 24 months that they're saying their name. If you ask them, what's your name? They're going to start telling you their name. And usually they're doing it really proud. And you see like the little chest puff up because they know that's who they are and they're excited about that. And at this age, now remember world changers, I've been telling you this and I've said this in past episodes, that speech and language are two different things, right? Language is our vocabulary. The words that we build up, our speech, that's our sounds. All that jazz. We don't expect that to be 100% clear right now. So if you hear cat for cat, sorry, cat for cat, <laughs> or da for dog, or baba for bottle. If you hear any of the words kind of broken, it's normal at this point. We don't really start getting into that until 24 months and older. But at this point, it's okay if it's not 100% clear, they're still working on it. The articulators are some trick, like putting all this together, your lips, your tongue, your teeth, your hard palate, that bumpy part where your tongue touches, and then your soft palate where your tongue touches in the back. That's some tricky business to learn how to put together and putting sounds together and putting, putting that together to make words. That's why during that infant age, they're practicing the babbling so much because they're trying to figure out how to coordinate these things to get from ba 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 ma 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 to mama to da da. It's a tricky business. So they're still trying to figure it out as their vocabulary is expanding. So at this age, we still want to show them some grace, 
Don't worry if it's not 100% clear at this point. And finally, finally, we're going to put it all together. Just like the last time, it's like glue. You have to understand language to use language. And once you understand language and you're able to use language, then guess what? Let's try it out with the world. We've been practicing all along. That's our social language, the pragmatics, right? This is what I want my sugars to be doing. Again, at this age, so crucial to be watching these milestones because if there's any little glitch, we can fix it at this age and we can tool you up to make sure that things are on the right track to where they need to be. And if it doesn't look right, feel right, or smell right, guess what? We can fix it real quick. We can do our best or we can figure out how to get you where you need to go, right? So what I want to start seeing at this age is their engagement in adult-like conversation. Remember, life has been one big observation. I know I sound like the broken record, but that's what it is. It's an observation. And so they're going to start doing what the adults do. And so if they see you talking, you might see little girls. It's so funny because you see them with their little hands on their hips sometimes. And then the other little friends like, and they're like going in or you see the little boys trying to talk to each other. And usually that ends up, it ends up a situation. Boys are funny. They're, they're funny people. They don't talk for too long. They, they start getting physical because they're just interesting guys. But girls, you're going to see them going back and forth. And a lot of times, if you want to know who they act like, look in the mirror because they're usually modeling what they see mom doing and grandma doing and sister doing. Whoever's around, that's what you're seeing them model. And it is hilarious. I love it. I, I love it. I love my little sassy girls. They're so much fun. Another thing that you're going to see is their, um, their vocalizations and their words during pretend play. So what I mean by that, let's say my little friend here, y'all know I love this little mug. Uh, let's say this is my baby doll and let's say this is my bear bear and baby doll and bear bear. You see that kind of stuff on your head, little silly things like that. And so you'll see them talking together and doing stuff together and like acting things out with little boys. You're going to see their cars doing stuff. You're going to see their blocks doing stuff. You're going to see the war happening. You're going to see a crash, a little bit of crash and bang. It shouldn't be all crash and bang, but you're going to see a little bit of crash and bang. You're going to see um, their action heroes doing little silly stuff. You're going to see Woody flying in the air. That's the kind of stuff you're going to see with them, but you're also going to hear words with it. Another little tip world changes. If you feel like during playtime, your sugar is using more language with the toys than they're using with you, I want you to start getting into that play with them and doing stuff with them and hanging out with them. Again, this has nothing to do with the play milestones. This has to do with socialization, which means when more than one person, two or more people hang out and do together. And so I want you to make sure that during that play, you get yourself in there and you start doing with them and talking with them and not telling them what to do, but following their lead and whatever it is they're into, unless it's like dangerous, then I want you to get in that and just start doing with them. So if they're going down the slide, you're going down the slide. If they're um, driving around erratically, then guess what? You're driving around erratically. Get down there on the floor. Don't be afraid to get down there and play with them because during that, that play is where the social skills can really be built up. And the things that you want to see, you can reinforce. And the things that you don't want to see, 
you can help undo that stuff. And if you have a sibling around, a kiddo around who's close in age, you can also act as a buffer because usually around this age, they're not great sharers at all. And everything again goes back to mine, 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 me, me, me. And so you can be that buffer to help them know that this is for you and this is for me and this is for sister or brother. And that's really important for them to know that again, while it is happening during play, that's a social thing because we do do together as a community, right? We go to concerts together. Well, we used to one day, right? Now we do it online, but we do it together, right? <laughs> we, we play games together. You know, imagine playing Monopoly and one person had all the pieces. Well, that's not a fun game. So that's why we got to teach them that this is yours, this is mine, and this is theirs. And we also want to make sure that during that time, like you playing with them means you playing with them. So I don't want you to be a casual observer unless you're just intentionally kind of kicking back and looking at them and taking notes in your head or taking notes in real life. I don't care. But either way, I want you to make sure that you have something in your hand. You're doing two. They have one. If they try to take yours, you tell them trade. And if they are not with that, then you tell them this is mine. That's yours. And keep reinforcing that so they can get that social cue. Because again, remember, we're community. We've learned now more than ever that we're community and we rely on each other and we do together and we play together. And, and that's when we teach that because they love their toys. They love their stuff. Another thing we expect is for them to use words when they're interacting with others. Again, we're making that shift from trying to get our needs met to using words. I don't care if it's one word. I don't care if it's a broken word. I don't care how that word works. I want to make sure that they are using a single word, making an attempt and you not anticipating for them. Don't anticipate for them, mom and dad. I know they're little and cute, but let them, let them fend for themselves. So I want them to use words when they're interacting. I want them to try to talk. If there's older siblings around, older siblings, I love you people. You're great. I've got, ooh eight older siblings and a younger brother who thinks he's my older sibling because I'm a girl. He thinks, he thinks that I'm the younger one. I'm not the younger one. And so I understand that dynamic when everyone else wants to talk over you or talk for you. Mom and dad, sibling, your words are amazing. They're good. I'm so excited. But you got to let brother or sister talk, let them talk, let them be great. Let them talk for themselves. You can't talk for them forever and you don't want to. And so I want you mom and dad to make sure that the siblings around are not talking for them. Give them the chance to communicate for themselves. I have to get on my daughter all the time about it for my son. And now he's to the point where he, I can talk to myself. And, oh, gee, this, I'm just, I'm just trying to be, I'm, hey, look, let them talk for themselves. <laughs> it's still a struggle, y'all. <laughs> and finally, what we want to hear from them is turn-taking during conversation. Key. If we're talking over each other at the same time, guess what we do? We get louder, a little bit louder, and really loud until we're just talking over each other and screaming over each other. Why? Because we all want to be heard. We want to be heard. We do. Even quiet people want to be heard because your words matter. Again, that's how we get along in our community by using our words. 
If we're not using our words, we're using our body. But we prefer the words. And so they should be turn-taking with you. You talk, I listen. I talk, you listen. You talk, I listen. I talk, you listen. Because we also want to reinforce for them, especially our more passive kids, that their words matter. Their ideas matter. Their thoughts matter. It matters. And it's good to start building that relationship. Again, social. It's good to build it now, right now. So they're comfortable and they have a safe space to always come to and talk. And they'll know that somebody's there who's going to listen. Three minutes of listening. Everybody has three minutes to listen to their little sugar, at least. Even if it's not that. Most, most conversations at this age, they don't last that long. Not that long. But you do want to be in the habit of giving them that space to where not only are you talking, but you're also listening. And I was blessed with two parents who were great listeners most of the time. Most of the time they were great listeners. And we would talk about everything and there was nothing I couldn't ask either of my parents. And so making sure that you give them that space is crucial. Like it doesn't, you don't have to be a perfect parent to do that. All you have to do is just close your mouth and listen. I've learned over the years and y'all know, y'all know I'm a talker. Oh, I could go on and on. I am a talker, but I've even learned over time that I had the space to listen or excuse me, to talk and my parents listen. And I give my kids that same space and I've actually gotten quiet over the years. Okay. Quieter y'all. I ain't quiet, but I'm quieter than what I was, especially when it comes to that. So, so that's it y'all. I know you're like, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. That's it. Like you guys got work to do. That 18 to 24 month age range is no joke. Like this is the foundation time. This is important because if you lay a firm foundation right now, it's going to save you so much work and so much effort down the line. What we reinforce is the behavior that we continue to get. And so if we're able right now to undo the stuff that we don't like or the stuff that or put in the stuff that we want to see, man, let me tell you, that, that's what makes you a world changer. You put in the work right now while they're little and cute. So that way, as they get older, you're not putting in that kind of work. You're doing your thing because you've already got that foundation with them. You've already got the relationship. You understand what they were supposed to be doing. They're looking successful in all areas and you're able to interject when you need to interject. Now that's a world changer. I'm, t- I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So how does this translate? I wanted to give you guys this. How does this again translate to when it's time to go to school? Well, little sugar needs to be able to understand what teacher's saying. Little sugar needs to be able to follow through with what teacher's saying. Little sugar needs to be able to make sure that they are able to communicate their thoughts and ideas, not only with teacher, but the friends around. And little sugar needs to be able to socially interact with others. And I know I always talk about school and I know the time that we're in right now to where school's not really happening except for essential workers and some places are open and some places are not, but wherever you fall on the pendulum, even if it's not school, even if it's at home, even if it's with their groups, even if it's with whatever it is, at grandma's house, at grandpa's house, at uncle's house, at auntie's house, they still need these tools to get by, right? And so we want to practice them in their safest place, which should be home and with you, all right? Make sense? 
man, y'all are fun. You make my life happy. You make my life easy because I know you guys are putting this stuff into practice. I know you're out there spreading the word to others because I keep hearing about you guys spreading the word to others. Keep doing that. Keep on. Even if you're a person without kids and you're tuning in, you know somebody with kids. And if you feel like, hey, there's an elephant in the room and I'm not sure if my friend Sugar is doing everything they need to do, just refer them to me. Man, I have the heart of a teacher and I'm always willing to help. So it doesn't matter. Just let them know, steer them in that direction. Do what you got to do. Because again, we as a community are better together, not just as a parent community, but as a community, as a group, as a whole. As promised to world changers, don't forget Friday, we're going to talk play skills. Man, love talking play skills. Love it because I'm a big kid myself. And so I like talking about play milestones because I like to play with the kids. They're fun. I like to play without the kids. And my husband still go outside and do activities that are, yeah. Kickball is still fun. I don't care how old you get. Kickball is still fun. Badminton is still fun. Tennis is still fun. I suck. I suck, but it's still fun. (laughs) So make sure, tune in Friday for our play milestones. I'm going to give you that bonus material either on my Instagram page or my Facebook page. You can find them on either or. It's not an either or thing. It will be in both places. Go ahead and check those out. Subscribe if you haven't already. Continue to spread the word and let's just be better together, world changers. Again, if you guys have questions, feel free to email me at questions at I've got this kid.com. Until the next time, y'all take care.